With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Final hour of The Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Also, remember... And, and you support it. You know, freedom is not free. I know it's a rhetorical question, but how can we get the Republicans to defund the three-letter agencies and put them out of their misery? primaries man i know that's a that's a horrible answer it's not an answer you want to give because it's gonna take so long it's such a difficult answer we have to start showing up and voting out incumbents in primaries and we don't do it i rant about it all the time the republican primary voter it's so responsible for the state of the republican party in this country this next election cycle there will be some huge rhino piece of trash, some uh, senator running for office in a red state. A rhino senator is going to run for re-election in a red state. And that rhino senator is going to be challenged by a hardcore person on the right. Somebody your speed, somebody my speed. But the senator, the senator is going to raise... 50, 60, 70 million dollars for his reelection bid. They go a lot higher than that, I should note, but that's just, I'm just throwing that number out there. The senator is going to raise 
$60-70 million. And the senator, the rhino, who screwed you over and screwed me over a thousand times on every vote that counts, he's going to run TV ad after TV ad making himself sound like a hardcore anti-communist. Elect me and we'll finally build the wall and secure the border. It's time to stop the out-of-control Marxists that are, that are burning down our school system. He'll sound just like me. He'll sound just like you. And the Republican primary voter will see these ads and go, Wow, look at this guy. Man, he sounds like, a, he sounds like exactly the fighter we need. I'm going to go vote for John Cornyn again. Go, Cornyn, fight the communists. The guy, the hardcore guy who's challenging him in a primary, he's going to raise five, $10 million. You won't see a fraction of his ads as you do with the rhino, but the hardcore guy, he has a website. He has a website you can find and visit for free. You can browse his positions on the issues. He'll be crisscrossing the state. He'll be crisscrossing the state doing town hall events, meeting and greeting voters. So you can even go out and put a hand in his and take the measure of the man. He's available. He's available in this age of information for you to interact with and hear from. He's available for all GOP primary voters to interact with and hear from. Are we going to care enough about the country to proactively seek out Republican alternatives to the loser Republicans we have elected. If we care enough to do that, then we can do things like defund the three-letter agencies. If we don't care enough to do that, if we always do what what we've always done, which is only half of us vote in the primary and most of those people vote for the incumbent, then no, you will never, ever, 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 ever defund a single three-letter agency. Because you're going to keep sending John Cornyn back to the Senate and all these guys. Look, there's there's plenty of names I could be listing here. It just He's just the one I hate the most because I'm in Texas. But I could be listing te- plenty of names right now. John Thune, Lindsey Graham. Oh, there's so many of them. The Romney types. We'll keep sending them back and then throwing our hands up when they screw us over again and again and again. Why do they do this? They do this because when primaries come around, We can't be bothered. We can't be bothered. Jesse, I've got to know, during your trip, did you have the integrity to not tell Seth what your midlife crisis car was? I told Seth from St. Louis did come along on the trip to Israel, and I did tell him and anyone else who asked what the midlife crisis car was. I told everyone on the air, if you come, I'll tell you. I'm a man of my word doesn't matter. I don't know why everyone's still so curious about this thing. I'm getting ready to dump it anyway. I'm getting a pickup truck again. Dear Menu Whisperer, I have an important food-related question. Who wins in a fight, the Burger King or Ronald McDonald? Oh, Ronald McDonald. He's a clown. He's probably a serial killer. Probably has a knife or something. Shogun Oracle, two questions. Do you believe in karma? And, I, and he says, number two, I know you're not a fan of left-handed people, but how do you feel about those of us that are ambidextrous? I love the show. Do I believe in karma? No. No, I really don't. Also, ambidextrous people, you're just left-handed people trying to disguise it. Don't try to fool me. Dear World Traveler, 
I love listening to your tangents about historical wars and notable leaders. What's a good podcast to listen to about the Mongolian army, Genghis Khan? Um, Dan Carlin did a good five-part miniseries podcast on Genghis Khan. I think it was called The Wrath of the Khans. I think you have to pay for it, if I remember right. I, I've listened to it long ago. If you really want something better than that, though, I don't know if you're a reader, Go buy, I've got a book res- recommendation for you. And okay, I've decided that I've got a new policy that's going to be obnoxious when it comes to book recommendations. And this is what the new policy is. When I read the name of a book, when I recommend a book, I'm going to read the name like five times. Why? Because I feel like I'm pretty clear. Am I clear, Chris, when I, about things? Clear, clear and very witty, Chris. Anyway, am I clear about things? Of course I am. But It doesn't matter how clear I am on the name of the book I recommend for something. We will inevitably show up the next day to five emails saying, what was the name of that book? One, I need to remind you, every show is podcasted for free. I heart Google, Spotify, and iTunes. So if I, let's say, make a book recommendation and you miss it, you can go download it. But I'm going to say a book recommendation now. For those of you interested in the Mongols, I'm going to make a book recommendation for anyone interested in the Mongols. I'm going to make a book recommendation for anyone interested in the Mongols. Are you ready? Are you ready? The book is called Subadai the Valiant. Subadai is spelled weird, S-U-B-O-T, something like that. You'll know what I mean. Subadai the Valiant. Subadai was Genghis Khan's general, well, one of his main generals. He had a bunch of general generals, but Subadai was his big cheese. That was his, his major guy, one of the real brilliant military minds behind Genghis Khan. And the book, Subadai the Valiant. Subadai the Valiant is the name of the book. Anyway, it's a real short read. It'll give you more spicy little details on the Mongols and how they fought and formations than you can possibly imagine. So if you'd like a book on the Mongols, go get Subadai the Valiant. That's the name of the book. Sorry. I don't mean to be rude. It's, uh, it's sorry. Imagine you were gifted a Powerball ticket It was the winner, and now you have hundreds of millions of dollars, so you decided to put on a concert with three bands. What's the venue? What are the bands? Okay, the venue is a no-brainer, and I know this because I read a news article yesterday. I didn't know this was a thing, but I saw some guy, some singer, Travis Scott. Should I know who that is? Should I know who Travis Scott is? Is he a rapper, Michael? He's a rapper? Okay, there's a rapper. See? I'm hip. I know what's going on out there. Travis Scott had a concert. It was canceled or something like that, but it was scheduled at the pyramids in Egypt. Apparently, you can do a concert at the pyramids? I did not know this was a thing, but I would do a concert scheduled at the pyramids. I would, of course, be featured as one of the headliners out there, and my picture, what it would be, my picture would be everywhere you walked in. You wouldn't even be able to hardly tell what bands would be there because it would just be pictures of me. We'd even have souvenir beer cups with a picture of me on it. It would be a lot of me. T-shirts with my face on it. (laughs) And then the bands. Do they have to be alive? Because I don't really listen to a a lot of old music. They have to be alive, Chris? 
Is Tom Petty dead? Tom Petty's dead? Uh, is Bob Seger dead? I think it'd be Bob Seger. Creedence, Clear, Creedence Clearwater Revival. What? They're alive? Fogarty's alive, I think. Yeah, Fogarty's alive. So Bob Seger, CCR, and I know one of the Beach Boys guys drowned, so that's not good. But any one of the Beach Boys who were left, we'd bring them all in for a super concert. Uh, granted, that also kind of sounds like the whitest concert ever, but whatever. All right. What if the Democrats win in 2024? Someone wants to talk about that. Artificial grass, the FBI, and the pipe bomber, and so much more is still to come. Now, we all have a task for the weekend. Homework, if you will. But fun homework. It's Mantis X homework. Ten minutes with your weapon this weekend. Maybe you wake up Saturday morning, knock out your homework first thing before everyone gets up. You're just practicing with your weapon right there in your living room, dry fire practicing, getting feedback, getting put through drills. Maybe you wait till Saturday evening. Maybe the whole family's together and you decide to have a family uh, competition with your Mantis X. Hey, let's get fast and deadly tonight, family. Either way, 10 minutes, huh? I'll give it to you. You give it to me. 10 minutes. We have to be faster, deadlier, faster, deadlier all the time. Shooting skills are perishable skills. The Green Berets use Mantis X for a reason. The Marines use Mantis X for a reason. MantisX.com, all right? MantisX.com. Go get one and practice, practice, practice. All right. What if the Dems win in 2024? In artificial grass. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. I mean, I'm not an expert in climate change, so I can't speak to it, what what uh, what it's going to look like. But we know, we know climate change exists, right? We know <laughs> that there is a real problem here. Look, look, I'm not an expert. We just know it's here. <laughs> Jesse, if the communist Dems sweep the 2024 election, I think we're done. I don't agree. And I think there's a decent chance they sweep the 2024 election. Are we, do we have our ballot harvesting operation up and running? Are we ready to, to do the blocking and tackling? The unsexy things like they are? I don't know that we are. But I don't know that we're done. I, I don't want to say I've written off the federal government, but I've written off the federal government. Our, 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 our freedom will not be won back from Washington, D.C. Federally, as a, as a country, 50 states held together, we probably are done. We're probably, I mean, we've, we're, we're at the beginning of the end for, for a, the federal system we've always known. I don't think it's realistic to sit here and, and, and be pie in the sky about it and say that you can, you can patch this thing back together again for a million different reasons. We have such a mixed bag of values now in this country. Without shared values, how do you pull it back together again? I would argue that's impossible because the shared values are what you need to pull it back together again. You know, um, it's a good example of this. Getting married. Let's do this. Getting married. Obviously, they say opposites attract. You've heard that a lot. Opposites attract. And I know that can be somewhat true. The wife is very, very opposite of me, but not totally opposite of me. There are certain values she shares with me. 
certain things she shares and not even just values, just certain basic things. Are we opposite personality wise and things like that? Oh yeah, of course. But she likes to laugh. I like to joke. That's, that's something that can bring us together. She likes an adventure. All the crazy things I've done, huge risks I've taken. It's not like she was hemming and hawing. She was cheering me on. Yeah, go get him. That's a thing that binds us together. As a nation, to be a nation, to remain a nation, you have to have shared values of some kind. There has to be something you share with the other side. There has to be. There's, there are too many different pieces of this country now that don't have any shared values with each other. So thinking we can pull it back together again is naive because there's nothing to pull it back together. You want to come back together, you have to come back towards something, towards anything at all. Well, there's nothing. But that said, we're thinking about this the wrong way. And I know you're being a patriot when you talk about wanting to save the country and and bring the country back together. I know that. I'm not doubting your patriotism. But we have to think about it a different way. Instead of trying to save the country, let's try to save what we can. Have you ever uh, have you ever done any reading on a ship when it goes down? A naval vessel, a naval ship. I'm reading a great book right now. What's it called? Oh no, another book thing. Okay, Last Stand of the Tin Can Soldiers. Again, the book. It is a book, a World War II Navy book. Last Stand of the Tin Can Soldiers. One more time so you don't have to email. The book is Last Stand of the Tin Can Soldiers. Anyway, if you ever read a book about a a naval vessel that's been hit and it's in combat and it's going down or it's been wounded, or maybe, shoot, maybe you've even done things like read about the Titanic, but let's focus on the naval vessels. What you'll find is when you're wounded as a ship and maybe you're listing, you're, you're leaning off to one side or you're going down, It will get to a point where they have to make decisions, very hard decisions. Decisions like, hey, we need to dog this down. We need need to close the hatches and seal the hatches. This compartment, the one with people still in it, it's flooding. It's flooded. And we have to slam the door shut and seal the door shut in order to save the entire ship. For the good of the rest of the ship that is still salvageable, we have to let this part of the ship go. Even, and it's so sad, some of these stories, oh my gosh, they're heartbreaking, but even even the, the great, the brave sailors that are in that section, maybe they're trapped, maybe they're still fighting. We have to do the hardest thing in the world and we have to shut that door and let them go and send them to their death to drown in the darkness in order to save everyone. There are parts of the ship you have to let go when it comes to America right now, because we are so fractured because there are parts that are drowning and parts that are not, it's not drowning in my area, but my area is fantastic. If I could preserve my area just this way, I would. But there are parts that are drowning. In order to preserve my area, 
for my sons and their sons after them and their sons after them. We have to stop focusing on saving every single compartment of the ship and let some of them go. It's why I encourage you to move so often. That's why I'm always out there telling you move so we can batten down the hatches so we can dog it down and let it go. All right? All right. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here 
both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Tafari Campbell, he's a chef for the Obamas, age 45. He drowned at the Obama estate. This is a headline. And I don't know what to make of all this yet, but breaking police call log for Tafari Campbell's drowning at Obama estate is left blank. Cops refused to say who the second paddleboarder was. Okay. Look, I, I don't know. Here's let me just let me just get this out here. I am not somebody who is going to go off every time somebody dies and start to weigh down the rabbit hole and try to figure out, well, was he assassinated? Was he taken out? Was he dead? I'm I'm not going to do that. But that's it. This is what happens when the powers that be, when the institutions have lied about everything over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, not just lying, when they've censored the truth. Remember this Mark Zuckerberg thing? So misinformation, I think, is has been a really tricky one because there are things that are kind of obviously false, right, that are maybe factual, but may not be harmful. So it's like, all right, are you going to censor someone for just being wrong it's you know if, if there's no kind of harm implication of what they're doing i think that that's there's there's a bunch of real kind of issues and challenges there but then i think that there are other places where it is um just take some of the stuff around COVID earlier on in the pandemic where you know real health implications but there hadn't been time to fully vet a bunch of the scientific assumptions and you know unfortunately i think a lot of the kind of establishment on that um you know, kind of waffled on a bunch of facts and, you know, asked for a bunch of things to be censored that in retrospect ended up being, you know, more debatable or, or true. And that stuff is really tough, right? And really undermines trust. Undermines trust. Which brings me to my point. I have tried to explain this to the system, to the people who run the system many times because they don't get it. And in their defense, Corrupt systems never really understand this until it's too late. That you can't just lie without ends to the people or eventually there's so much institutional trust lost that they never believe anything you say about anything. Okay, some 45-year-old dude, Obama's chef, drowns. Probably nothing, right? Probably fell and hit his head or something. Maybe... Maybe there, and I'm not trying to besmirch the man's name, but maybe maybe he was drunk. Maybe there were drugs involved. Maybe there was a, a, a medical thing. That happens, right? You're in the water. People are swimming. They have a, have a stroke or a heart attack or some kind of a... Look, you, don't, you never know. It's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. People drown all the time. But when you, the system, the media, the politicians, the various government agencies, entertain, entertainment scientists, doctors, when, when every part of our society, when all of our institutions have been not only lying to us, actively suppressing accurate information about everything for so long, then you get to a place as a society when you see Obama's chef died and you immediately go to the, oh, wonder who took him out. 
Hey, look at what. Look, Chris thinks that. I'm telling you right now. And I sympathize. How can I argue with him? Yeah, okay, let's. Chris thinks that. I say could be anything. Could be innocent. But what am I supposed to tell Chris to convince him otherwise? No, Chris, what are you talking about? He wasn't taken out. It says, it said on the news that, and what's, what's he going to say? Oh, the news. Okay. No, no, Chris, don't worry about it. The, the, uh, the FBI looked into it and they cleared him. What's Chris going to say? Oh, okay. Well, if the FBI says so, you see, institutional trust is so critical for a society. That's a good point, Chris. The guy who let Jeffrey Epstein into Bill Clinton, who signed Jeffrey Epstein into Bill Clinton's white house several times was found dangling from a tree with a shotgun wound in his chest and they declared it a suicide and they never found the shotgun. Come on. Come on now. So yeah. This is what this is this is what I find fascinating about figuring out where we're going as a country. This is one of the things I'm having trouble. I'm not not having trouble. I just find it to be a fascinating thought experiment. Maybe you will too. Moving forward What does it mean for a country when the trust is completely gone? What are are the consequences of that? One thing I think about a lot, especially with all this Russia-Ukraine stuff and now the fighter jets and the Russian blockade, one of the things I think about a lot, and maybe that's just because I've been doing a bunch of World War I and World War II reading recently, is what if there's a World War III? How does that go in America if there's a World War III? If the government comes to you and says, we need this, how many people are going to believe that? How much trust have people lost in the military, in military leadership more specifically? Because that used to be one of those things you could kind of take to the bank. Just get some general on TV with all his ribbons and medals and his fancy uniform and automatically... You, an American citizen, me, an American citizen, we see that guy and we're automatically assigning a certain level of respect. Wow, look at those ribbons and medals. Wow. Now, you have that? I don't have that. Nah, probably woke trash. Probably another diversity promotion. Now, what's this idiot lying about now? What does it mean for something like a world war? When you take in the breadth of what the country did in World War II, not just, let's set the military aside, the private sector, the call to action for the entire nation. We need workers at the docks. We need workers in the factories. We need America to mobilize. We need you to buy war bonds. Buy war bonds so we can win the war. What happens when uh, Joe Biden shows up and asks you to buy war bonds? Anybody who honestly believes climate change is not a serious problem. What happens? What happens when this guy's generals and admirals show up and say, we need young men to join the military and fight this fight now. I'm honored to oversee the greatest fighting force, literally, not figuratively, in the history of the world, and that's not hyperbole. And I might add, the most diverse fighting force in the history of the world. What happens when that guy stands in front of you War has just kicked off with Russia and China. Gigantic nightmare. Taiwan's involved. Japan's involved. Navies. People die in missiles, fighter jets, bombs, bullets. What happens when that guy stands in front of America and tries to rally America for a cause again? 
I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I do know this, and I know this for a fact. It doesn't look like it looked when FDR got up and gave that speech after Pearl Harbor. It doesn't look like recruiting lines around the block. Did you know that young men in World War II committed suicide when they weren't allowed to join the military? That was a regular thing that happened. So anxious to serve, to fight for their country, that if they had a medical thing, you know, eyes, something wrong with your knees, spina bifida, something, any one of the various things that can get you disqualified, there are, it's not like a one-off. There are many stories of young men watching all the young men around them go to war, killing themselves because they don't get to. Now, I don't know exactly what kind of country we have now, but I know you're not going to have loads of young men killing themselves because they can't go fight in Ukraine for Joe Biden. What does that look like going forward? Crazy to think about, right? All right. We have as many Ask Dr. Jesse questions as I can get to. First, we have to talk about your garbage cell phone service. Putting your money where your morals are can be very, very, very difficult. It can be. In some cases, it can be impossible. You can't find this. You can't find that. Good luck finding a non-woke car company. With the cell phone company, it's easy and there are no excuses. When you deal with Pure Talk, one, their CEO fought for this country. Two, American customer service. Three, your bill. My bill got cut in half. You'll save a fortune. And four, 10 minutes on the phone? All you have to do, you can keep your phone and keep your number or get a new phone, a new number if you want. But all it takes is 10 minutes talking to an American who speaks English on the phone and you can stop funding garbage companies like Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile. Pick up your phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, 10 minutes. That's nothing. Switch to Pure Talk. You pay your cell phone bill automatically every month anyway. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. That saves you even more. That saves you an additional 50% off your first month. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Final segment of the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Again, RFK Jr., not telling you to become a Republican. Why are you still a Democrat? Every statement that you just made about me is inaccurate. At one point you say I'm anti-vax and that's a bad thing. The other thing, the <laughs> other moment you point out that all my children are vax. I took flu vaccines for 20 years straight. I have never been an anti-vax. These are defamations and mal- malignancies that are used to censor me to prevent people from listening to the actual things that I'm saying. Trusting the experts is not a function of science. It's not a function of democracy. It's a function of religion and totalitarianism, and it does not make for a healthier population. Why are you still a Democrat, brother? All right, it's time. And now... Here's a headline. By the go, you know the, you know the thing. Emails! We didn't get to. Dear Jesse... What are your thoughts on artificial grass in front of the house? Would you ever consider it? I live in Oregon where there's plenty of water, but there's a trend in our neighborhood to install fake grass 
I get the upside. The downside is it doesn't age well. It looks cheap. It's part of the slippery slope of the downfall of our society. You don't have to work as hard, so on and so forth. Okay. Full disclosure, I actually thought about it once because my buddy did it at his house. He put in artificial grass in his backyard. He was having, they were having a baby. They said it was easier to pick up dog poop, easier for the kid to run around out back, so on and so forth. And I actually briefly, briefly considered it, but I'm a believer in this. And this is the reason I'm really, really against it. I'm a believer that we were given things by God that were important for us, including natural things. I think grass is probably a good thing to have. It's good to have plants around you and grass around you, scrubbing your air. I would even argue this, the bugs and things that come, the bugs and toads and lizards and things like that that come with grass, it's healthy to live amongst those things instead of some kind of soulless artificial grass experience that said it does look low maintenance but it's also expensive chris have you ever priced it it's crazy you're never going to get artificial grass chris i know that much i know he's right chris said it doesn't look as good as real grass it doesn't it doesn't and maybe i'm just old-fashioned i'm a real grass man we all know chris is a grass man oh master for oracle how did the fbi manage to lose pipe bomb pipe bomber geofencing data for two separate locations at two separate times. In case you're wondering what he's talking about, remember we now know that your cell phone, they know not only where it is, they know where it's been. They can find that out. They don't know who the pipe bomber is, they say, from January 6th. Somebody put a pipe bomb at the RNC and the DNC. They've never been able to track this man down, and mysteriously, the data for this is gone. Well, we all know what the deal is. It's not just gone. They destroyed it. People in authority destroyed that data. Now you have to ask yourself that question and you have to answer that question for yourself. Why would people who have the power to do so destroy or hide the information about who the pipe bomber was? It's really that simple. If I have the ability to, to delete convenience store video footage and the local convenience store, we have a convenience store right up the road, it gets robbed. Somebody goes in there, they steal all the whatchamacallit candy bars and hot Cheetos. I, instead of grabbing that data, because I have access to that data, that data I go do it at a computer or wherever you nerds do it. And I beep, 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 oop, deleted the video. Why would I do that? What possible motivation would I have to do that other than protecting myself or somebody I know, somebody I'm acquainted with? Why would that be the only piece of data the FBI can't know? And in maybe an even crazier twist, information, video information was requested because it's Washington, D.C. Everything, everything's on videotape, especially around Capitol Hill. If you ever go, there are just cameras everywhere. Everything's on videotape. They requested the information. Hey, give us the videotape so we can at least see videotape. Somebody had edited the videotape to reduce the quality of the videotape. 
So instead of having a clear videotape, I've seen it, actually. I mean, this is not me guessing. I've seen it. It's all grainy and weird. And it's very clearly uh, at a lower quality than every other part of the video. The before, the after, the... So they don't have the cell data. And they made the videotape grainy. Why do you think that is? Oh, Oracle of Hamburgerness. I must know. Velveeta. Yes or no? Dude, I'm white trash. We are white. We are Velveeta people here. We are Velveeta. Velveeta is the key ingredient in my smoked queso, baby. Jesse, do lefties ever go along with other lefties? Or do lefties even get along with other lefties? In my experience, there doesn't seem to be any camaraderie between them. If you put a bunch of them in the room, they uh, would they find a way to have fun? Well, no. They come together under the, under the umbrella of bitterness because communism is the religion of the malcontent. That's why they're always miserable all the time. They're never laughing. They're never joking. They're never having fun because, the, look, they're share, they have a shared value, destruction, misery, bitterness. These are the values that bring them together. So if those are the values that bring you together how much of a good time are you going to have? If me, Chris, and Michael hang out every day after work, but the only purpose of us hanging out after work is to complain about work. Work sucks. This job sucks. I hate it here. Boy, that's going to be a real barrel of laughs, huh? Well, would love to have a beer with you guys. Oh, what's your, what was your least favorite part of the day? Yeah, these people are miserable. Take heart in this. No matter what. Look, let's do this going into the weekend. Take heart in this. You're happier than they are. And you're happier than they will ever be. So put a smile on your face. Keep your chin up. Put your phone down. Let's walk away from it all. And we will reconvene on Monday. All right? That's all. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.